The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm at a particular age where I'm targeted targeted by a particular type of online marketing. I do not know how they know my age, but there are pictures of grey-haired couples in fabulous locations under the title, 50 Things to Do Before the Unmentionable. (laughs) I don't even know how they know more than my age. Maybe they know that something's going to happen to me. But anyway, I get these, and I don't know whether some of you get there. Some of you have similar colour hair to me. And uh, uh, the Grand Canyon, the Great Barrier Reef, Petra, and it's all from a, something called the, the Rough Guide, the Rough Guide to Making the Most of Your Time Here on Earth, including, curiously, one of the 50 things to do is to throw yourself into the nightlife of Liverpool. Well, that'll probably end your life, I think, early. But uh, let's not go there. But it all plays on this thing called FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, uh, people of all stages, I'm told, get it. Um, it's uh, Instagram envy, I think, isn't it? Those, I've, I've never been on Instagram, but I, it's something, apparently. But anyway, uh, those lovely pictures that people take, and, uh, uh, and they, they feel as if they're missing out. Now, it's a first-world problem, okay? There are some people who don't have a roof to put over their heads. But for first-world people like ourselves, most of us, for Westerners, the fear seems to be this, to get to the end of your life and not get your money's worth. And indeed, behind that is a kind of a lurking fear that something is coming down the tracks that is bigger than you and there's nothing that you can do about it. And I don't mean Brexit. And because we are, because we're fragile and we break and we're sinful even and we're human and we can't control it. Now, into all of this steps Simeon. He's uh, 
on the last page of this little booklet. So do turn to it, if you will. He's, uh, he's not a big star of the Christmas story. He's not a, a major player like, like Mary or Joseph. He's, he's an old guy. He comes sort of almost at the end of everything, oh, a week after the baby's been born. But he's waiting for, lovely word, the consolation of Israel, the hope of Israel. And in a remarkable sentence, uh, which you'll see uh, almost like a poem, really, verse 29, uh, he says, um, I'm ready to die now. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. I'm ready to die. Not because he's unhappy or, or, or that he's in great suffering. No, at this moment in his life, he declares himself supremely satisfied. He's ready to go. He's completed his list. And amazingly, his list has only one thing on it. One thing to see, one thing to know, and it's this. Salvation. Do you see it? You may now dismiss your servant in peace. Verse 30, small 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation. I can go. (laughs) And that salvation has come as a baby. Now, now babies are cute, um, unless you're Meg, in which case they, they change your life and turn them upside down, but, which is lovely to hear us say that. But uh, it, what really matters is not, the, it's not that it's a baby, any, uh, a baby but uh, I know all your babies are special, but um, it's this particular baby, it's who he is and what he's come to do. Because who he is and what he's come to do represent salvation. And so you look at the other printed passage, which is the other reading from, uh, from Matthew. And this is a story some months earlier. Probably six months earlier, taking a guess at it. Six months earlier, uh, Joseph has discovered in agony that his wife is pregnant and he knows, he knows it's not him. Absolutely. And I mean, the, uh, the ethics of the first century are such that it would be impossible. It's not him. But he is completely thrown by this. And, and, and to make it even more terrifying, an angel appears. And an angel tells him that there's, that, that terrifies him. And tells him, actually, you don't even have the right to name your child. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the two names of your child. And you can see them. They're Jesus, and then taking it from the Old Testament, the other name is Emmanuel. And I'm going to take those two names to explain what salvation means. So here's the first one. Emmanuel, God with us. Actually, if you take that word, it's L stands for God, so it's the with us God. (laughs) It's rather nice, isn't it? He's God but he's with us. But let's deal with the God bit. Joseph is told that a human life growing in Mary has not come from a human father, but from a heavenly father. This is no ordinary child. Now, 
I know <laughs> the Christmas story is full of things that the average person says, hey, hang on a minute, I know where babies come from. Uh, I know miracles don't happen. I know that when a person's dead, they're dead. And it's as if God says to you, good, great, I'm really glad you know your science, but you don't know me. You don't know what I'm like. I'm God. I can do these things. But I am also going to be God with you. The with you God. The child that Simeon is holding, and it's as if God is saying, look, do you see? I am now fragile. And I will break Because I will become one like you and I will break on a cross on your behalf. I will die. And that leads you to the second name. And the second name is the name Jesus or Yeshua. Which means salvation. Which means he will save, and you can see it there. It says, he will save his people from their sins. Now, I was talking to my wife, Rachel, And I said, how are we going to talk about this? (laughs) And uh, I think there's no other way to put it except this, that, that you and I are in greater difficulty and trouble than we ever thought. It turns out that you and I are in great need of forgiveness from God. We're like a computer disk that has got corrupted, doesn't play in the way it's meant to play anymore. And, and, and that means that you are not working, and I am not working as I should, and it's, it, it's affecting the world I live in, and it's affecting my very self. And I'm kind of using my body, as it were, in the wrong way without God. It's like I'm taking a camera and I'm using it to hammer in a nail. And it can hammer in a nail, but it ruins the camera. We need forgiving. We we need being made right by God. And only he can do that. So in other words, you and I, actually, even though you don't feel it, you and I are in desperate need of salvation. And Simeon is holding that in his hands. Now I know because it is wonderful to see so many guests here today that I know that you will have many questions at this point. I I totally get that. (laughs) Totally get it. I had loads of questions myself. I mean, for instance, how do I even know there is a God? (laughs) I was told the other day by um, a a professor friend of mine that apparently physicists are now openly talking about God in in academia because um, the only other option for our existence, the existence of this world, is accidentalism. And so, is this an accident? Really? Maybe there is something else. (laughs) I just raise that as a thought, that's all. And is this Christian God really good? I, I mean, I'm only just touching on these themes and, you know, it's possible to talk about them much more. Is he good? I mean, sometimes I think, we think he isn't. We think he's worse than us. 
I think there's something about the loving grace of God that we Western British culture people, and I mean, I know there are not West, you're not all Western here, but we, we just take it for granted and we just can't see it. We can't see the beauty of it like other cultures can. Now, we, we, held, um, we held a baptism here. I, I think um, a number of us were, were here for it about three weeks ago. Uh, baptism and, and one renewal of vows. Um, and uh, it, was a, it was a fabulous time. But when we do baptisms, we get a birthing pool, which kind of seems appropriate, really. And we, uh, we fill it with warmish water. Um, warmish. It was pretty cold, actually. <laughs> um, it, it kind of, you know, gives them this look of joy when they come up. And anyway, what you do is you, you kind of hold them down for about a minute. And if they're still breathing, you bring them up again, you know. Baptize in the name of the Father. Anyway, going on. And, uh, but interestingly, of the ten people that either were baptized or renewed their vows, three were Kurdish people. They were men, three Kurdish men. Four Iranians, I think two men and two women. Two Chinese, I know there are Chinese here today, welcome. Two Chinese. And one Brit. One Brit, only one Brit. Now, they all said they had discovered that the God that they wondered was there, was the God who loved them, who gave them, gave himself for them, who accepted them, and that they now belonged to a family in which they were equal members. They were blown away by the grace of this God. There really isn't another God like Jesus, really. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but he's the only one who came, okay? He's the only one who actually came on this planet, <laughs> You know, sometimes people say the vicar, you know, the vicar never comes. Or, you know, but anyway, he came. <laughs> he came. So, friends, are there 50 things to do before you die? What are you going to fill your life with? All those things you're going to commit yourself to. Do you know, if you do that, they just take you over. And those things that you're going to give your life to, they won't give themselves for you. They won't sacrifice their life for you. They will take you up and they will eat you up. <laughs> And they will let you down as well. 50 things to see. My daughter, you know, Paris is one of them. My daughter and son-in-law decided months ago to, to visit Paris, one of the wonders of the world. And they went last weekend. And they were just surrounded by yellow vests and things going off. And they came home early. <laughs> it was slightly disappointing. Somebody said to me recently, you know... I was thinking of giving this Christianity thing a miss. You know, I, I just didn't want to really push it too far. And I, I took a bit of a risk with this person. And I said, with the warmest smile I could, I could put on my face, and wouldn't you be kicking yourself if you got to the end of your life never having looked at the one question that's important? Is there a God? And what does he think of you? Is there a God? And what does he think of you? It was cheeky, and actually the person smiled back and said, you're right, <laughs> you're right. The rough guide should have only one thing in it, one thing to look at, just one entry, salvation. Who is God and what does he think of me? What has he come to do? What's that all about? Now, what could you do about this? Well, there are lots of things you could do, but I, I want to suggest one, uh, one simple thing. Uh, we actually run a course um, 
we look into this uh, and uh, we read a little bit of the, the New Testament and we, we deal with all the questions that you have. And I know you have many. Um, so this is a little slip. It's in your service book. And uh, if you want to, fill it in, put your email on it or mobile or whatever, and then we'll get in touch with you next week and we'll, we'll, we'll have a few sessions in January, maybe into February. But essentially, it's actually this. This is the key thing. If you want to do something about it now, then be like Simeon. Take Jesus into your arms and draw him to your heart. And you will find that Jesus will take you in his arms and he will draw you into his heart. This is maybe not the Christmas present that you expect, but it is all about this baby who is salvation. It turns out, with this kind of reckless love that God shows us, it turns out there's only one thing you need to do before you die.
Now we're ready.